One Time Run Podcast. Welcome to the One Time Run Podcast. I'm Jesse Corey, co-founder of One Time Run. For those of you new to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad you found us. Our company's aim is to collaborate with artists to create unique art editions for collectors of all levels. We believe that the story behind each piece of art and the person who created it is just as important as the work of art itself. And in this podcast, it allows us to go deeper into those stories with the creatives we love. In this episode, I welcome 2501 and take a deep dive into how the coronavirus pandemic shifted a residency we had planned for him here in Detroit for April and May of 2020. This residency was to explore how populations move and landscapes change, using Detroit as a base to evaluate his past travels and explorations. It was March 4th that I received a text message saying that he was going into the mountains of Peru for one month before heading to Detroit. Well, needless to say, when 2501 re-emerged on April 5th, the world was a much different place and we had to suspend the residency. As he arrived back home in Milan, Italy, one of the early hotspots of COVID-19 infections, he started to explore concepts of isolation while in quarantine, and then exploring his hometown, now with much fewer people on the streets. It was during this time that we talked weekly and determined to host the residency online. With the collection entitled Journey Through the Rarely Seen, he was able to show his experiences through Instagram stories while exploring his personal relationship with the pandemic and the art he was creating in quarantine. Let's listen in to the interview. Jacopo, I'd like to welcome you to the One Time Run podcast, and uh, thanks for joining me today. Nice to meet you guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so Jacopo also goes by uh, 2501, and so for this interview, we'll be uh, using his uh, given name, but Jacopo, you know, we've been friends um, a long time and we've worked on many projects from Art Basel Miami, full installations yes. on the beach. Uh, we've done projects here in Detroit. And, uh, you know, I wanted to take an opportunity to introduce you to our podcast listeners. But I also wanted to kind of shape this conversation um, in light of what we've been dealing with here in current day culture. So you're currently in your hometown of Milan, and it's June 23rd of 2020. We're in the middle of one of the worst health crises of our life, and you are at the epicenter of Italy's COVID-19 crisis. Just tell me how, how have things been in Milan with you and your family? So let's say that I was in Peru until the 14th of April because I was traveling uh, in the United States and then in Peru. And I get stuck there for like uh, almost two months, around 42 days. And then I've been repatriated in Italy around the 14th of April. And uh, then I get here uh, for almost a month, no, for a little bit more than a month in total quarantine because I was coming from abroad. So I had to stay in total quarantine for almost 14 days. But I was pretty lucky in the sense that um, I didn't spend so much time in Milano, or or I would say in the quarantine. Uh, Right now, my family, fortunately, we we wasn't wasn't nobody 
had had COVID. And the situation, of course, here in Milano is, is still is pretty strange. And uh, we are trying to get back uh, on on normality, but it's of course it's it's difficult because because um, still today there were something like two hundred new uh, 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 people that get COVID. So every day there are, there are at least a uh, hundred and something, and and so yeah, it's been a really strange, really strange moment, let's say here in Milano. And so we had anticipated your arrival in Detroit in mid-April after you were in Peru. And, you know, I hadn't heard from you and I knew that you weren't going to make it to Detroit when you reemerged from uh, the jungle. And uh, I was thinking about you quite a bit during that time, thinking that you're secluded in the jungle and you really have no idea that the entire world shut down. How was that experience reemerging into society after being kind of off the grid for so long? That was really strange, I have to say, because yes, not until the end, but let's say that until the beginning of April, I was kind of not knowing really what was going on. And I couldn't really imagine that the situation was so, so crazy. And uh, yeah, it was strange. It was strange also because um, I've been really in the jungle for two months and coming back to Italy and uh, being obliged to really stay in your home without the possibility of going out even for, for going to a supermarket, for example, was, was a really uh, claustrophobic experience, I have to say. Plus, in that moment, mm, uh, there was a sort of, um, I mean, the news were really intense. So in every news and in every newspaper and everybody was just talking about, of course, it was just talking about COVID-19 and what was going on. And yes, it was pretty intense for me that I was coming basically from the jungle. So without speaking with so many people for like almost two months and in a situation that was completely the opposite of what I found here in Milano, let's say. Yeah, and I'm looking back at some of the voice memos that you sent me via WhatsApp. And when you reemerged from the jungle, you sent me an apology that said that you would not be making it to Detroit. Um, you said to me later that you had just received cell signal at some point or the internet. Um, you know, was that the, your first a reaction is that you, you had to repatriate back home and you couldn't make it to Detroit? Yeah, it was strange also because the Italian embassy wasn't that fast and that mm, proactive, I would say, to repatriate the Italian people that were stuck in Peru. And so it was pretty difficult for us with no internet connection and uh, to, get, to get the permit to travel by car from uh, Pucallpa, that, uh, where, that was where, where we were, let's say, to Lima. Because uh, there was a lot of like almost 30 checkpoints. Like it's, a, it's approximately a 30-hour trip by car. And there were approximately 30 checkpoints. So one checkpoint almost every hour. 
and to go through those checkpoints you you need like um, a permit and they were not issuing the permit until they don't have a, a plane ready for you in Lima and of course we didn't have uh, internet connection so every day we have to climb like a mountain for, for like an hour and try to get the signal to check the mail and to talk with the embassy yes yeah, so it was pretty was pretty hard also to go back to to italy and your the work that you had anticipated to arrive in detroit to work on was this concept that you put together called animated landscapes and it's about uh, how people uh, move through uh, society and displacement and the ways that which uh, people in society interact with place. And now you're not only being displaced from where you are, you're not even able to travel. So that work becomes very much a part of your own current experiences. Can you kind of walk me through this concept uh, and why you wanted to travel to Detroit to execute it? So basically, this project born uh, one year ago in Puglia when I was invited in a residency. And the idea of the residency was to talk about uh, Puglia, that is a region of Italy, and about uh, Transumanza, that is this um, uh, tradition of the shepherd to bring the, the sheep from a place to another in a certain period of, of the year. And my idea about about that was to uh, use the landscape as a sort of canvas to uh, paint uh, this abstract idea of move, of movement, so of the transhumanza. And uh, from there, I start to realize that uh, it was possible to intervene in the in the landscape in a really ephemeral way. Uh, and try to do what I do on a wall or what I do on a monotype. So try to do a sort of freestyle, but in, in a gigantic space. And uh, using a drone to um, film the whole action uh, on, on a zenithal perspective. So like perfectly on, on the top of the image. That's, that allows, and, and, from, and from a really high perspective. So that's allowed uh, the people that is the, the person, so me that is making the action to disappear, and and and, and the public is just seeing uh, a sort of an uh, of abstract uh, plan that is it's it's where I'm 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 acting, uh, and, and 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 seeing like the um, the drawing uh, coming alive without really understanding what's what's going on because the, the it's it's really uh, strange to see at, at, at the heart at the heart at the planet heart uh, from that perspective and it really changed the whole the whole perspective of how you are seeing the landscape of course as you said before we did a lot of project together and and uh, i i i came to detroit and i see a little bit of Detroit with you and Rula and all the one per one team and of course Detroit is a uh, we film also for Glimpse of America in Detroit and of course Detroit is uh, it's a really special city 
especially when we are talking about uh, people that moves from a, from a place to another. Of course, this I was always interested in this uh, in this sort of uh, movement of people around the globe, also because it's connected with how uh, how the new muralism for me spread around the world. So this this concept of of nomadism, kind of, and Detroit. As you know better than me, it's like uh, it's a city that was uh, really populated, and then uh, in a certain point, uh, the population, uh, some of some, a big part of the population, just left the city, and uh, so my idea was to kind of um, tell a story of the city using uh, the same technique, so using a drone. And using, uh, uh, like, collaborating with people, uh, so a sort of choreographic, also choreographic project that allows me to uh, don't be uh, the only person that is acting on the screen, but uh, to have the support of uh, other persons. So to have the possibility of making uh, uh, much more things happening in the frame. And uh, so that was more or less the idea. But of course, with the COVID-19, uh, this idea was, was impossible to, to realize. Uh, and so at a certain point, we decided to uh, talk about the movement because the Phil Rouge, the red line that was connecting all the project was the movement at the end, uh, this concept of movement at the end of the day. And so being kind of trapped before in the jungle and then in my own city, uh, I start to uh, appreciate much more, again, all those practice that I was doing. Uh, now it was like three, four years that I was traveling more. So I, I was not really painting that much illegally in my city or I was not. Uh, using the space, the urban space of my city to work, really. And so the idea was to um, focus my attention in what kind of possibility I have in the city and uh, how I can uh, sort of use other type of space of my city where there are not so many people around where I can be more free, where I can not wear a mask and where I can uh, kind of explore uh, a new way of moving through the city. So that was more or less the idea. For sure. And, you know, I always, you know, when we, we did the project for uh, maybe three years ago for the Movement Detroit Electronic Music Festival, where you brought yeah. in the La Machina and you said, I have this machine and when you paint, it reads the interpretation and it makes music. And I was like, wow, how does that work? And how do you do that? And you said, you know what? I'm going to put it in my bag and I'm going to bring the machine to Detroit. And I said to myself, I, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't understand how you get to the final outcome. But I know that I trust that your concept will always come to fruition and that you are able to execute it. So when you brought this project to me about uh, place and movement and people, and then you talked about 
the humanity of all the displacement in Detroit, in our city, with people that are in our community. I felt that you were empathetic to what we deal with here, a city of 2 million, now a city of 600,000. You know, hundreds of thousands of vacant lots and tens of thousands of vacant structures. And I said, you know what, this, I don't know how, what the actual final product will be, but I trust that you will be careful and thoughtful and articulate in how you create. I always want to take that journey with you. I really think uh, on my side is really the same because uh, in, in the years we have been always doing projects that were pushing a little bit forward our uh, relationship at the end of the day and uh, was really interesting because not everybody is always willing to, you know, go in the unknown and try to see uh, what's there. And, and that's what I always find in Detroit. And I think that the most interesting part of that project was really that, of the original project, I mean, was really that the people involved, like, uh, become part of, uh, of the production of a movie that really talk about Detroit as, as a landscape, as a city, so as a city made by people. So that's, I think that that was the powerpoint of of the old project like the involvement and and especially the involvement that you guys at one Run do in detroit you know that's i think that that was the the real deal of 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 all the project and the funny part is that with the covid in this moment at the end the project uh, is totally on the other side so we jumped totally on another train and you were really into going in this new adventure like yeah okay let's do it from uh from remote and i think is it's quite interesting because it 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 talks a lot about possibility you know like don't stop to don't stop to the to the first problem but just always find the solution to 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 don't give up and to do what 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 you want to do i always found that it was you, you know you travel more than you know uh most uh famous djs you're just like in this city in that city and you you never stop moving when you said that you wanted yeah. to take the last year or you know 18 months of your creative output and you wanted to come to detroit and stay uh, in my house and spend some time reflecting on the work that you did and compiling it into, you know, uh, an expression, which would be some prints and some monotypes and some video and some other communication like that really, I felt like that was a great way for us to just spend time together and for you to find a safe, comfortable place to finalize and finish the project. What happened oh, was, you. is you got stuck at home. Yeah, and, I got and, stuck at all. <laughs> and, and I think for you, like for somebody who travels as much as you do, who likes to be in open spaces and places that are remote and urban, and you are able to then go inward to your own city and to look at your own city a new way. One is most cities are very quiet. There's not a lot of people out. So as you transitioned what you were trying to express while visiting Detroit and dealing with the changes that COVID-19 has brought to our world, 
How was it going around Milan and doing these illegal interventions? What was that? How did that feel? um, Considering that you were under a strict quarantine because you traveled, um, and then you were able to kind of move about the city and nobody's around. So basically, it was really strange for me because when I get to Milano, um, the the city was really a ghost town. I mean, nobody was in the street and. and really was was super strange because I never ever see my city like this. The only city in my life that I, I've seen like this was the center of Detroit at the end of the day. One night, I really remember that I was there for the first residency that we did and I was biking in the center and I was like, wow, those buildings are empty. Nobody's there. And it was like so surreal for me, you know, and, and these... Mm, was the exact sensation that I felt when I was back to Milan. I was back in my home and I, and I didn't see any noise of like of tram or, or, or bus or, or car. Like, so was, and I didn't realize it immediately, you know, it was like something that at a certain point, like the first day I was in my home, I was like, wow, it's so silent. And, and that was strange. And then basically, I have to say that no, when I when I had like the strict quarantine, I was in my in my home. And uh, at a certain point, just when I finished, when I had finished my straight quarantine of 14 days, uh, I stayed at home another like 13. And like a couple of days before, um I mean, the quarantine here in Milan ends up on the 4th of March. And uh, maybe the 2 of March, I was like, you know what? I should cross the city from... from I, I'm basically living on the north of the city. And so my idea was I've, I have to cross the city from north to south in a sort of, I don't know, exploration, in a sort of also... Uh, ritual of liberation you know for me and uh, so i was just going in in front of my studio where i have the rail tracks that goes around the city that are just in front of my studio that pass by my studio and so i was just entering the rail track and i was crossing the city from north to south something that took me around four hours kind of and uh, and during this, um, and during this uh, sort of secret performance that nobody see see on in real person, uh, I I start to broadcast it on the internet. So the performance was happening, but nobody was seeing it, and they were just seeing it delayed in time, like maybe a minute later, maybe a second, maybe 10 hours later. And that was going in, in, the, in the net just for 24 hours. And that was kind of mm, uh, sort of triggering in my mind uh, many ideas about, in the, at the end of the day, it's about storytelling. And... Uh, and and so during the trip, I during this little journey, I, I I think so many strange things because in reality there are trains that pass by and you have immigrant people that are 
sleeping in the rail tracks and they have their little city there, their little houses. And then you have gypsy people that are just living on the side of the railways and uh, they have all, their, all those pieces of car that they still surround that they are like stashed in the track, uh, in, the, in the rail track. And then you, you see normal people from the balconies because it's when I was doing this, uh, these things was the last day of quarantine. So people were still in the house and they were on the balconies and they are seeing me. And so it was, was uh, a really intense experience. I mean, was full of input and was full of um, different stories. And basically what I did was just to give some glimpse on, on the stories that I find on my way while I'm crossing the city. And this, this simple action become, become a sort of uh, performance at the end of the day. And uh, flanerie, this French word that is about uh, uh, flaneur, no? so it's, it's this person that goes through the city without giving attention to specific things, but just like willing to uh, find new stuff and willing to absorb what, what, what the environment is, is, is giving. And, and so in this sense, I, I did my first uh, intervention for this uh, residency that is called uh, Journey Through the Rarely Seen. Well, wow, that's that's uh, that's beautiful. It's very poetic. If I was to try to break down the anatomy uh, uh, of how you actually approach uh, an art project, you know, it's about uh, city, it's about place, it's about people, it's about performance, and it's about collaboration. And it seems though, even in solitude, you were able to find all of those aspects with your phone, you know, with the world at your fingertips, while you were able to go and, and, and trace through your city, through the, uh, the train tracks, and you were able to kind of check all the boxes that really kind of go into your expression while doing it in solitude. I mean, that's really beautiful. I think the, the, the real idea behind doing some artistic project, in my opinion, is really to uh, run, run after ideas. My, my way of working is really uh, when it comes, when, when one idea pops up, then it always brings with, with, with it like other stuff, other suggestions. And, and so my, my intention is sometimes to give a sort of representation of this uh, mathematical chaos of input that we have around. And, and from there, picking like the, the interesting thing and, and, and try to tell us stories that, that at the end of the day is the stories of my, of my thought, you know, of how I, I, I try to break down situation and ideas. And because I think that really the observing the process, it's really interesting because everybody have a different approach to to doing to do things like you know to uh, uh, understand ideas and and so everyone at the end of the day is a is a word you know is a completely different word so 
that's really interesting and i think that that this can be like a, can be like a sort of uh, red red lines that goes in my work because especially when you do um, uh, for example with la macchina uh, when I put down La Macchina, as it was in as it was in Detroit, and then we are in movement, and then uh, hundreds of people pass by and paint on La Macchina, I start to see things about painting and how to 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 do a line. Uh, I, I'm studying also the the people that are painting there, so that's like the typical example of how then when you give like a sort of platform to the people to express themselves then you're going to learn so much more from, from them using your platform than just you, you know, using your platform. Because you, you know already how you think, you know how you, how you go through ideas. But it's really interesting and, and, it, and it gives you really a lot, of, uh, no, uh, a lot of new knowledge to observe how the other go through your your platforms, your idea, what they find, what they notice, what they don't notice, etc. No, I, I mean, I totally agree. And I have been witness to the art arc of these projects. Um, you know, from the moment you emerged from the jungle in Peru, um, you and I have been in constant contact. Every couple of weeks, yeah. we're having a video chat or a, a, a text exchange or a uh, voice yeah. memo. And, and I've really felt like we have lived this together because we're just trying to mm. figure out totally. uh, how, we, how do we still collaborate because we don't want to stop the collaboration because of our disconnection of space. And I really, that's yeah. really what your work is about is about connecting time and space. And I think on the surface, people would look at your artwork as being an abstract artwork, but really when you dive deeper into your mark, it's really an expression of the human spirit. I think that there is a, a funny series uh, that I make that you can find also on on my Instagram. Uh, some I don't publish all the pictures that I take in that sense, but I have this series of pictures. For example, I'm in Dominican Republic and I paint the house of somebody. I ask, can I paint, whatever. And then at the end, I take just a picture of the owner of the place or whatever with the, uh, the mural. And that's just to have a trace of the fact that painting was just an excuse to meet people. Because yeah. basically, when I'm lonely in a, in, a, in a foreign country, I can, tons of time I did it, I'm, I can just walk out and try to paint something. And basically, it always end up, ends up with me meeting new friends and people. And, 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 that's, and that's exactly... How, how I think it should work. So the, the painting part, that is a really important part of my, of my work because it's like where I start and, uh, and it's also my really intimate and personal work. But um, at the end, it's just really the, um, the excuse to then link all those other medium and way of of uh, thinking about arts, but that all have this approach, that sort of approach of the 
of the painting because my painting is uh, is a gestural abstract and uh, I would call it also fast because uh, I'm not that kind of painter that spend month and month and month on a canvas monotype is a really gestural work it's it's a work that uh, you have really to find the right moment to do it and 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 so also my video part is like this at the end of the day because the people that teach me how to use videos uh, were people that were experimenting new way of using also the low the lo-fi technology during the 90s and uh, so the approach is uh, is an expressive approach so you you using the media as as a paintbrush at the end of the day so you're using the phone and you're broadcasting in the internet and then you re-record re re from the screen and you're using those strange cut because you are going from an app to a to the other just to tell the stories and and so you are kind of hacking. I don't know if it's the right word, like hacking the 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 tool, like the medium, the phone in this case. And and so this, I think, is like this: how all those things interconnect. You know, my abstract painting and my other kind of practice in this sort of idea. Well, it never seems to fall short that you're always creating. And, you know, part of this residency and something that we struggle with sometimes is how do you take something so raw and form of such a pure form of expression and turn it into a product or a commodity? You know, and a lot of what we do on One Time Run is we, you know, we sell prints and editions, which means that there's an artist, there's a medium, and there's a collector. And, and, but, you know, we struggle with this sometimes. It's like the purity of the expression and the kind of impurity of the commodification. But how do you come to realize that the actual edition or work product that is transferable to another person, how do you kind of come through that from the creative side to the commodity side and create this, connection and expression that goes from your hand to somebody's home? So I think that every project have a different way of doing this connection. But I would say that for this particular project, the idea that comes immediately in my mind was like, if we are doing a residency and if we are like, uh, uh, we are producing exactly a commodity, I think that the commodity should be um, a fragment of the work itself. So the idea was to release works that were uh, really deeply connected with the uh, with the uh, performance and video side. So with all the video that we will broadcast uh, in the next month. Mm, so basically, every edition. Uh, in, in reality, first of all, yeah, they are edition, but we are uh, doing, we are uh, basically selling original because uh, if we are, of course, the watercolor that are kind of the starting point, they are like really uh, unusual work in a way for me. And uh, so those watercolor were basically start in the jungle of Peru. And uh, 
the idea was really some sort of connection with the the patterns of the Ashaninka uh, and of the Shipibo-Konibo that are like those two main tribes that stays on that area of Peru. And uh, so those those paintings are really going in, in that direction. I start those paintings in Peru and I was finishing the series here in Milano. And they are sort of sketch uh, of some sort of ideas of... Um, of the tribes, and then you can really see it. Uh, so about uh, birds and colors and pattern, whatever. But also about aerial view, because some of them really they are really colorful, but they have those 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 square shapes, rectangular shapes that really, in my mind, were a sort of aerial view of of the of my interior jungle, kind of. Also because in the jungle it was for, for it's it's really deep in the nature, but the jungle does you don't see so much sky in the jungle, you know, because the jungle is really dense and you have so much trees and of course there is a lot of sun in some areas, but it's you're not seeing a lot of the sky and it's it's kind of really particular place to be. And uh, and so I was imagining how it how how it looks from from above you know how how it looks how it looks this landscape from above and uh, so that's more or less the idea of the watercolor that of course as we were saying are are original pieces and they are really part of this video of animated landscape that I'm shooting here in Milano that I was shooting in Puglia and that was the original project for Detroit too and then uh, uh, for the for the um, first uh, video about the crossing of the city, we we decide to work on maps. So basically, also when I was doing my show at Wunderkammern here in Milano, the show was called Milano, and so it was really about the city of Milano, and the the main pieces were a sort of deconstruction of the map of Milano. So basically, I was printing on those big aluminum pieces uh, with uh, a huge screen for screen printing. And basically, when I was printing on the aluminum, uh, after I print, I had like 30 minutes that the paint was uh, not really dry. And so on on that 30 minutes, I can do intervention with my brushes and uh, I start from one map where you can really there are six pieces and uh, the first piece is they are huge piece like uh, two meter for two meters stuff like this and the first one you can really read the map and you have just some some intervention here and there and in the last one the map is completely gone and I just used the ink of the screen to redraw a completely different paint where you can see. And of course, in the middle, there are the variation of this process. So it's also sort of uh, of uh, micro animation, if you want it. You know? and, and so for this project, I really decided to use the map of Milano, so like the, the shape of the city, 
of the border of, of the legal border of the city to uh, laser cut like a plexiglass plate and then to use it as a plate to do monotype. So basically I did like uh, 30, not uh, 28 different, uh, different monotypes that are unique piece at the end of the day. And, uh, and then we work on a series of a uh, little bit big of uh, 50 uh, per 70 centimeter monotypes about, uh, and those are really about the, the aerial view, so the vertical view of the landscape. And uh, I think that when the people will see the video about this intervention that we did in Milano, because at the end we find this, we found those, this amazing place that basically is, um, is they are, they will, con they will build like a huge building there. So there are those foundation that with the rains, they, they become like a sort of pool. And so basically I was like uh, drawing on those pools with this uh, painting made of, uh, of organic flower. And, uh, and it's really interesting. And when you see it with the monotype, you really see which one is the connection uh, I mean, where you, you can really feel that the starting point is the same because really, uh, what it, um, what what is more interesting to me of this new video, this new aerial video that I'm doing, is that they really resemble abstract painting at the end of the day. They are like huge animated abstract painting. So um, that's what what really are giving me, you know, the willing of pushing forward this, uh, this experimentation. And I, I like that. And so, you know, as we kind of wrap up our conversation here, we've uh, make this uh, come to understand what is our future and to think about, you know, where do we go from here? And, you know, my, my uh, question was, uh, when are you going to come to Detroit to finish this project? So as we sit here questioning our future and the unknown, for somebody who travels as much as you do, uh, how do you feel the next couple of years and your perception will if, uh, of, of the restrictions that may be on um, traveling and the disease? You know, uh, how do you perceive uh, what your future looks like? Uh, that's a really difficult question to answer, but uh, what is sure that I'm uh, trying to change a little bit because it's like several years that I'm willing to change some part of my life. Like also um, living in the city, it's becoming more and more tight for me. And, uh, and especially with this COVID-19 so what I'm, I'm willing to do is like to make little change and to try to don't really uh, be too much in, in crowded city and try to enjoy more the nature and etc. And for the rest, I really don't know. I'm in these days, I'm talking with uh, people to come to Auckland because I, I have booked there like a really 
big project that I have to finish. And uh, they are maybe reopening it for, for works. So I'm checking with the embassy. So that, that is clearly, that clearly means that it's going to be more difficult to travel, especially to U.S. And it's really hard to have what's what going to happen because uh, here in Milan, they are talking of uh, probably going to get on quarantine again on September or October. So I really don't know what to expect and uh, so I'm trying to find other options, uh, specifically to don't get stuck in the city for if they if they declare another quarantine and get stuck here for maybe two three months. It's uh, it's it could be difficult. So um, I'm trying to uh, remain calm and see. What, what the future have for us. I, I think that's great advice, you know, stay calm and, and kind of let things come to you. Um, yeah. I feel like as a, a creative, somebody who wants to communicate, uh, you know, and wants to travel, um, I feel like the internet still allows us to do a lot of the things that we did in, in, in person. And so um, I feel like that this opportunity for us to collaborate, it didn't break it didn't break our personal connection. No. And it proves totally that not. the internet, you know, it connects uh, people in such unique ways that, uh, totally. that we, are, we are stronger than the fact of our own individual displacement from each other. Yeah. Because we can still that, look at each other in the face through video. Yeah. I think these things... Uh, you're right. I mean, it's it's a big potential. I think one another really good example was those K-pop boycotting uh, Trump uh, through the internet. I mean, the medium is always good. It's just how you use it. So I think that this COVID nineteen, as you said, like uh, proved that if you use the medium in a wise way, it can be really, really a plus. For sure. Well, Jacopo, I want to thank you for uh, the years of collaborations, the camaraderie, the Me friendship. Too, man. Um, I appreciate, appreciate uh, you know, everything, all the gifts that you've uh, placed within us and how we've been able to share uh, your uh, creativity to uh, our fans and collectors. Um, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Jesse. And uh, I really hope to see you in person soon. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, we'll have a good, we'll see you soon. Ciao, ciao. Thanks so much for listening to the interview with 2501. You can view this collection and all the artwork made during his residency on onexrun.com. This podcast is produced and engineered by Connor Anderson. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.